You could say the church was a teenager, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it'd be better to call it an infant church. It was about 15 years after Jesus rose from the dead, and this little infant church was ramping up to spread its wings and reach places it never had before. They were getting ready to start missionary journeys, and Paul and Barnabas were the guys. They were going to go all over the Mediterranean telling people the good news that they had never heard before. That Jesus wasn't just an example. He came to remove everyone's guilt once and for all. It was Paul and Barnabas, but today, as we've said, we're talking about John Mark. And who was he? Well, for now, let's just say he was a, a young man full of potential for ministry. And Paul and Barnabas, they picked him. They needed someone to go with them, and they said, hey, we want you, John Mark. And by the way, he goes by John sometimes, Mark sometimes, Hebrew name, Greek name. They said, we want you. We want you to come with us, help us out, be our assistant, be by our side, just be with us on this journey as we go all over the Mediterranean for a couple of years. We want you with us. That's what we find out in Acts chapter 13. It says, the two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus, which is a big island in the Mediterranean Sea. When they, this means Paul and Barnabas, when they arrived at Salamis, which is a city on Cyprus, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John, John Mark, John was with them as their helper. And on this huge mission, things were going great until they weren't. Because just eight verses later, we hear this. It says, From Paphos, which is another place on Cyprus, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, which is modern-day Turkey. They went north, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. He just up and left. He was this young man, this prime candidate to go on this amazing missionary journey, and it was going great until he left. And we don't know why. Did he, did he get homesick? Was there some other issue? Did he just not want to do it anymore? We don't know. But he left. He deserted them in their time of need on this journey. And this fact was something that Paul, he, he could not and would not forget. And a couple years later, Paul and Barnabas were getting ready to go on another missionary journey even more far-reaching than the first one. And this happened in Acts chapter 15. I'm going to start at verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They, Paul and Barnabas, had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, where they had previously been. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, which is up through northern Israel and around to Turkey, went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Paul wouldn't budge. Barnabas, he had confidence in John Mark, but Paul, he wouldn't do it. He said, Barnabas, no, 
like no matter what, I will not take John Mark. I don't, I don't care how much you think he has made up for his failure a couple years ago. I will not go with him. And imagine if you were John Mark and you heard that. You, know, you recognized your failure from a few years back. And now, not only did Paul, who took you on the first journey, not only does he not want to take you, he actually refuses to even have you there. He refuses to go with you. And Paul and Barnabas, who are like the two guys, it's such a big disagreement that they part ways over you. It's heartbreaking. And you're going to hear me say this a bunch of times today. John Mark's story, it's your story, and it's my story. God called him to be there, to help out however he could, to serve Paul and Barnabas, to serve all the people they were going to reach, to be there by their side throughout the whole journey. And is God's call to us any different? No. He calls us to be spouses, children, friends, employees, neighbors, students, friends. I might have already said that one. He calls us to do all these things. And how do we do? Sometimes great. Sometimes not so great. You examine your life in, in any of your callings, parent, grandparent, child, student, friend, coworker, part of a church, anything, anything else that you do. And you'll recognize times where, sure, you were there for someone, but not really. Like you heard them pour out their heart to you, but you weren't really listening. You just heard it. You saw a need, but you chose, no, I'm not going to help out with that one. You heard the help that someone specific needed, but you decided, I, 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 I can't do that. Or I, I don't want to, not this time. You could have jumped in with everything, but you chose to, to disengage. We don't know exactly what happened with John Mark, but we know that he disengaged, that he deserted. In John Mark's story, it's our story. And every time we fail a spouse or a friend or a coworker or anyone, we know that they should write us off. We, we know, we don't like thinking about it, but we know that they should write us off. And even worse, we know in our hearts that God should write us off. He should just be done with us, kind of like Paul was done with, with John Mark. And we know that he should. We know that he could. He could. God could choose to be distant. He could look down on me and on you and say, wow, those people, they just don't get it. Like, no matter how much I proclaim my love to them, they're still selfish. They, they still walk away instead of jumping in and helping. Sure, they try sometimes, but often they don't try. God could be distant. He could abandon us. He could walk away but he didn't. God didn't write you off. He didn't abandon you. He didn't stay distant. In fact, God came near to you. He came all the way from heaven to earth. The author of the entire universe, he wrote himself into your story. Each of you as individuals and the whole world, he wrote himself into your story and he became Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
He came down and he became one of us. He lived just like us. But even better than that, he came down not just with us, but he came down for us. He came down to be written off by his father because he picked up all of my guilt and yours and he carried it all the way to a cross. He came down here to be written off by his own father so that you and I would never be written off. One of you sent me a text this week, shared a text with me this week that a relative of yours sent you. Uh, it was your aunt, someone's aunt. And no disrespect to that lady, but it was one of the worst texts I've ever read. I, I'll just read a small part of it. It said, call on God less. He's a busy God who may think it's selfish of you to bother him when he has far more pressing duties. I feel bad for him. Because that's horrible. And thankfully, it's completely false. Because that's not how God is. That's not how Jesus is. He's not absent. He never gets caught up in, in like the big things of the world or the minute things of your life, of his life. He never gets too busy to hear you. He's always with you, walking by your side. He's always present. He's always listening. He's always answering. He's always, always keeping his promises. And the good news of this message is not that God gives you a second chance to serve him even after you fail. That's a good thing. And we're going to talk about that. But, it, but it's not the good news. Jesus didn't come into the world to give you a second chance to not mess things up. Jesus came into the world to be written off by his Father so that God would never write off you. And that forgiveness, that forgiveness is what kept John Mark going. Because he deserted. And then when he stepped up to go on the next missionary journey, he, he didn't. He recognized his failure. But he also recognized that he had been restored by God's forgiveness. And he didn't give up. He didn't write off serving. He went on a missionary journey with Barnabas. It's just not recorded in the Bible. And then later, we know that, that he worked really closely with the Apostle Peter in Rome. And you know what else? The dude wrote a book of the Bible. The Gospel of Mark was written by this guy. The failure, the deserter, the one who walked out on a missionary journey. He just went home. God used that guy to write a book of the Bible. He knew he had been forgiven and he turned that forgiveness outward and he served everybody else. And John Mark's story, it's your story. So you've failed. You've walked out on somebody. You've disengaged. You've been selfish instead of selfless as a parent or a coworker. I'll say it again, or a student or a friend or a neighbor. You've seen a need and then stepped back instead of stepping in. Okay. Your story, John Mark's story, is your story. God didn't write off John Mark. He used him. And God didn't and will never write you off. No matter what your job is or where you live or how many people you know, he will use you just like he used John Mark. He will love all the people of the world through you. 
each and every day, God tells you, hey, do you remember how you failed? And your shoulders kind of slump over, and you think, oh, yeah, I do. And then God smiles and says, I don't. You might remember it, but I don't. Because my son came to be written off so that, so that you would never be written off. I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with you when I look at you. I see you as my perfect child, no matter what you remember about yourself. Because Jesus took all your guilt and every imperfection, he took it all away. And God says, now, as my forgiven and loved child, look at all these people around you that I've given you. Last week, I quoted from a book called Vocation. Uh, we're going to study this book as a church probably in the next nine months, maybe sooner. And I quoted it as saying, every other person that is around you, even the ones that you're just meeting for the first time, they are God's gift to you. Not as a burden, but they are God's gift to you for you to care for them. And God says every single day, it's another opportunity, even better than a second chance, another opportunity to look at the people in your household, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your work, in whatever group you're in, in the grocery store, and love them. Because you've been forgiven. John Mark's story is your story. When he kept on serving, he didn't do it to try and make up for the failure that he had before. That's impossible. No, he kept on serving because he knew that he was fully restored and that God was going to use him because that's what God does with people that he forgives and he forgives all of you. And Paul knew that forgiveness too. You know, the one who refused to work with John Mark for a while. And that phrase, for a while, is important because there's, there's you might say, an epilogue to the story. About 12 years after Paul said no to John Mark. He can't come. About 12 years later, Paul was sitting in prison and he wrote a letter to the Colossians. And this isn't up on the screen, but listen closely. Here's what Paul wrote in his letter to the Colossians. He said, My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Paul sent greetings to a group of people far away on behalf of Mark. That means Mark was with him. And he says, hey, if this Mark guy comes to you, welcome him. Seems like things have changed. And then five years after that, Paul's writing his second letter to a young pastor named Timothy. He says this. He says to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. Also, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. John Mark, the deserter, the failure, and now here's Paul saying, that's the guy I want. Bring him to me. He is helpful in my ministry. There's one more kind of aspect of the application here. We deserve to be written off by other people, but there are people that you know that we could legitimately say deserve to be written off by you. 
they, they would deserve that because of how they've failed others and how they've failed you. Could be the person you're sitting next to. Could be the person you've got in your head right now. But because God didn't desert you and he didn't write you off, don't write off that person. Forgive them and encourage them. Maybe it's your struggling spouse. Say to her or him, I need you. I need you with me. Or your, your child or grandchild or someone else who feels like a failure or maybe they have failed. Say to them, I see your failure and also, I love you. You are valuable to me. The coworker of yours who cannot, for the life of him, string together two days or even two consecutive hours of good work, say, I'm not going to write you off. I'm not going to abandon you. Let's walk through this together. God shares the story of John Mark, even though it's little, not very well known. He gives us this story because John Mark's story is our story. He was called to serve a group of people and he failed. You and I are all called to serve all sorts of different groups of people and we fail every single day. John Mark's story is our story. But God didn't write off John Mark. He didn't kick him out of his life. God didn't stay distant. And John Mark's story is your story. God has not written you off and he will never write you off. And so when you wake up every single day, you can wake up with a smile for two reasons. Because of your status and your purpose. When you wake up, remember this tomorrow morning. Wake up with a smile because of your status. You can, you can think, maybe say it out loud. I am someone that God did not write off. I am someone whom God loves. And smile because of your amazing purpose that God, God never stops giving you opportunities to carry it out. After you've smiled because of your status, smile because of your purpose and ask, whom can I serve today? Is it a family member? A coworker? A classmate? Someone from church? Someone I've not even met yet? The answer is yes. God bless you as you do that. Amen.